and welcome back to the Sunshine Species Podcast. This is your host, Nancy, and today I'll be talking to a current SLP grad student about the changes to her program and education as a result of COVID-19. As always, before we get started, a reminder to follow me on Instagram at Sunshine Speechy, and please follow and subscribe and like my podcast if you want to hear more. And with that, let's get into it. I'm joined today by Erin. So what's your name? What's your graduate program? And what year are you in graduate school? So like I said, my name is Erin. I am in my first year of grad school for speech-language pathology at Long Island University post-campus. Okay, awesome. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself and just your journey to SLP grad school. I have a pretty interesting story about how I got into this field. Okay. Uh, Pretty much... When I first started college, I was going for ultrasound sonography, and mm-hmm. I was doing prereqs at a community college. Pretty much you have to do two full years of uh, classes, and then you can apply for the bachelor's in ultrasound. And so when I was applying to schools for the bachelor's, I only got into one school in, I don't even remember, Brooklyn. <laughs> like. <laughs> So I wasn't, it was like my last resort type of school. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of made me think, okay, maybe this isn't my route. (laughs) And I did my backup plan, which was childhood education. And uh, Long Island University Post has education. So I applied there. And when I got my acceptance letter back, it said, welcome to the speech program. Oh my God. (laughs) So it was, yeah, it was totally, I guess I would say fate for me. (laughs) And wow, that's a crazy story I've heard. Yeah, so definitely it was not my first choice. I always said when I was applying for grad school in my essays, I wrote, you know, I didn't pick speech, speech picked me. (laughs) That's such a good story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So definitely, like I said, fate or whatever you want to call it. And I kind of, like I said, I did kind of go along with it. Mm -hmm. I researched the classes and I thought it sounded a little more interesting than just regular education. Yeah. And yeah, the first semester I, yeah, I finished up my last two years at post uh, doing my bachelor's undergrad. And then I went back for grad school. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I love I, it. So. This, is, this is great content. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pretty good story, yeah. <laughs> okay, so can you tell me a little bit just about your program and your school? So my program is a little bit different from others, especially when it comes to clinical work, because I know a lot of other schools, especially around here on Long Island or in the city, they... Um, when you're in clinic, you're by yourself, one-on-one with whoever your client is, but we actually do uh, co-treating. So we have somebody who's a semester ahead of us, and they've already had that client. And so when you come in, they're kind of like your mentor, and you work together with that client. Yeah. So I like that aspect in that they're not just throwing you into the fire. (laughs) 
your first, you know, time and you have somebody who already has experience with them, can tell you about them, you know, teach you the ropes. And so pretty much throughout the semester, it was my first semester in clinic. And the first few weeks you're in there and they're kind of like your co-clinician is treating and you're kind of observing. And then as the weeks go by, you have more responsibility. So it's kind of like a shift of power over. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, pretty much. I like that. Yeah. I don't know exactly what my program's going to be like, but I hope they don't just throw me in. I yeah, a lot of schools, that's the majority of what they do anyway. So <laughs> something to look forward to. Um, okay. So do you mostly work with adults then or children or does it depend on the semester? So my school does have a lot more adults than children compared to, like I said, a lot of schools around us. I would say 90% adults, 10% children. So each, like my cohort, for example, or even the ones before me, we all have at least one kid. Like everybody gets one kid because there aren't a lot to go around and the rest of them would be adults, your clients. Okay. That's kind of cool because I feel like a lot of programs are like on the other end of the scale where it's like they have only kids and then you're not seeing adults. Right. Um, Yeah. I am definitely more an adult person, I would say right now after going through this program. So I like it personally. Yeah. So it works out. But even um, at my school, we have a really big aphasia center. Okay. So when I first started my first semester, they do like a volunteer program and it's different, I would say, groups or different opportunities they give you that first semester. So I was in the aphasia center at my school and they pretty much have two hours where let's just say there's 10 clinicians that are assigned to aphasia center and you have a whole big group of people. So two clinicians at a time will be presenting an activity to do with the clients. So we always have current events to talk about, uh, language games, even just things that are fun to just get everybody talking. That's just the whole point. Just get everybody to talk. (laughs) So I was the, yeah, I was the volunteer and I put out coffee and, you know, but I did get to sit (laughs) I did get to sit with clients. They would put you with somebody and you're just really learning how to do that supportive communication. So this semester I requested for my first clinic to be put back in aphasia center. So it's a really, really great group. Like we have a really well-known aphasia center and it's, it's amazing. So that's definitely one of the perks that I would say of my program as well. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, okay, so how has your program changed in response to COVID-19? Yes, so this will be, this upcoming week will be five weeks that we've been online. Okay. Learning, and we've been using Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much the same classes at the same time that we would regularly have them on mm-hmm. Zoom. They do like to have our lovely faces staring back at them the whole time. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes I'm sitting here. I mean, I know on the podcast you won't be able to see, but I have my little teletherapy background. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I might like take a screenshot of it and then make it 
the graphic for this week. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this, I'm at my desk, but if it's a class, I'm sometimes in my bed too. <laughs> Everybody is. I'm sitting on the floor right now, so. <laughs> yeah, so class-wise, we're on Zoom. And then um, this past week, we actually did start teletherapy with our clients. Because, okay. yeah, these past few weeks, we didn't get to see them. You know, we had half a semester seeing them in person. We actually had spring break. And after spring break, they just said, okay, keep, we're staying online. Um, so we didn't know what we were doing with our clients. We didn't see them for three weeks. And then this past week was the first week that we got on Zoom with them also to do teletherapy. So that was really nice. So then are they like coming in and then doing the teletherapy? Or are they just doing it from their house? They're doing it from their house. Just like <laughs> if you're over there, they're coming into our chat room and we're doing therapy online like this. Okay. And do you think it, you're still able to have the same effect or are there some roadblocks to making the same connection? Before, when they told us that we were going to do it, a lot of us were freaking out, honestly, yeah. and overwhelmed, nervous. We didn't know how it was going to work out. I had clients in mind that I knew would be better, you know, on this platform than others. But I did get clients that I thought um, wouldn't be able to, that I wouldn't be able to do it. Like I do LSVT loud with a client on mm -hmm. Zoom. And I thought that would be, like, I don't yeah. really know how to do that. Um, but it actually worked out. And so I guess this whole week, you know, was the trial week. And, yeah, clients that I thought I wouldn't be able to have that same, um, what would you say, effect on it as in person, I think we're doing pretty well, honestly. And I'm able to screen share my materials on Zoom. So if I have a PowerPoint... I could just show them and say, okay, read this or whatever my goal is. I could do it with them through the screen sharing or I even have the iPad that I have certain apps that I use with them anyway. Um, even for one of my clients, I just like have like a little reinforcer that I would tape on the, my wall, just, you know, so less technology. I'm just like, okay, you got to start. Good. <laughs> so I, it's actually been working out when I honestly, beforehand, I was completely dreading it, really dreading yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, so then do you feel like you're still getting the same education level? I would say class-wise, it might have went a little down, I would say, personally, only because there is only so much we could do. I feel like it's more like reading the PowerPoints and if they have something extra to say, but there is, you know, we're lacking that anything that we could do in person because I know especially like I do have an aphasia class this semester and at my school we have a simulation lab so it really looks like a, an actual hospital pretty much okay. and we're going to go into the simulation lab and like have people pretend to be our patients like as if we were seeing them for a bedside eval and you know something like that which I really would have liked to have that experience with you know we can't obviously do that right now so yeah. things like that get you know you don't yeah, have that experience similar. yeah especially since even though we are seeing the clients through teletherapy now um and I'm I guess lucky in the way that I still have the summer semester that's my second in-house clinic 
um, you know, people that were doing, going to do their school placement or their hospital placement, like they can't, they're kind of stopped right now that are further yeah. ahead of the program. Yeah. That, so are they just going to have to wait it out and then finish those hours once this is all over or they don't know? Yeah. That's the big question for them because okay. my, yeah, my co-clinicians that are the semester ahead of me right now, like I said, the summer, they would be going into their school placements and they don't know. Yeah. Going okay. on. So for this field, Ooh. it's great that you could do teletherapy, but you do, I feel like still need that in person, obviously. Yeah. Get that other experience. So it's going to be a little difficult. Yeah, that's really hard. And I didn't realize that you're pretty much in the epicenter of everything. Oh, yeah. New York. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how I missed that, but I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, Long Island, yeah, New York. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So what would be your best advice to current SLP grad students who are trying to make the best of the situation? I would say you would have to take time to make a structure and routine for yourself I'm bad at that honestly you know some days I wake up and it's whatever happens happens with you know school wise you know I have my google calendar I have everything planned out so I could look at it and just because sometimes when you're in this state you're just you can't even think Mm -hmm. you know you can't even like what am I even doing you know and I just to like keep yourself kind of organized in your own way and just really to take the time for yourself, especially throughout all this. Like right now over the weekend, I'm trying not to look at my emails <laughs> because I'm really bad. <laughs> I check my emails like every two seconds. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and yeah, just take something that makes you, you know, happy right now. Like I just walked my dog, my little dog mom hat. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to like try and take time for yourself, but still, you know, do what you can to stay on top of it all <laughs> through all this craziness. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? Just literally anything? <laughs> like I said, this field, I technically didn't pick. <laughs> it definitely picked me. And if anybody is thinking of going into this field, it is amazing. I know a lot of people have the story like, oh, they know somebody that got speech or maybe they, you know, had speech themselves when they were younger. And that's amazing too. But, you know, even the people that don't know about it, I love telling people like, you know, we're so much more than just, you know, doing our tick or <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is such a great field. You will, especially when you, if you're in undergrad right now or applying to programs like yourself, um, when you start seeing those patients in person and, I don't know, just building that rapport and working, you know, and you're getting into the swing of it, it's the best feeling in the whole entire world. Best feeling. <laughs> so okay. That's good to hear. I'm yeah. so excited for it. It's amazing. So everybody, if you're thinking about this field, I would highly suggest it. And if you're already in here and not yet in the clinical experience, it's going to be well worth it.
a lot of hard work. I will not say it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought applying to grad school was horrible. This is <laughs> so no, I don't don't think it's just a walk in the park. It's not a walk in the park, yeah. but at the end of the day, like I had a session with um one of my pediatric clients this first week and I really was like I said dreading it, especially the kid had to get their attention through yeah. the platform and honestly, I think it was one of the best sessions I ever had and I was literally crying happy tears afterwards. I was so happy. The mom said, "Wow, you know, my kid hasn't sat still and just attended to something this whole, you know, four weeks. Yeah. And this is the first time they've sat down and attended to something. Wow. I was like, wow. Like, I literally was crying. <laughs> so things like that definitely make you push through. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have been so helpful and important. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for talking to me today and for sharing your experiences. Um, I definitely will keep in touch. I also want to see a picture of your dog. I'll send a picture of my dog. <laughs> she has her own Instagram too. She's fake. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> I'll go follow it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you for talking today. I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you again for listening to my podcast. I hope you're able to find some helpful information out of today's episode. It's important to note that one person's experience during this time will not mirror everyone else's. So if you want to share your experience dealing with grad school during the COVID-19 pandemic, please reach out to me on Instagram to share your story. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there, and I hope you have a great day. Bye!